I want us to look at a very notable scripture that I think everyone knows in the book of Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 1. And I'm going to talk for just a few moments today about the power of our words. Let me say that again. The power of our words. The power of our words are depicted in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 1. And it tells us how important words are. And I also want to encourage ministers that, that if you were not available to hear, go to the podcast and listen to the message, looking into 2024. I think a number of things were spoken about God restoring the decency and the sanity of what's happened in the last several years in America. We as ministers need to, and ministries, we as ministers and ministries, we need to love the secret place more than we love the public place. Amen. A lot of people love the presence, we need to love the presence of God not the presence of men. We love to be around the presence of men, but the presence of God is the most important thing. And a lot of people crave to be on a platform, to be seen, to be heard, to distinguish their gift toward people. But again, we were reminded in that 2024 word that our gifts are nothing without the ability and the callings of God. When God calls us, amen? So the word of the Lord tells us here, and I'm going to basically hope talk a little bit more, and I hope that you don't mind the, the talking as, as some people enjoy the preaching. You know, they, they like the, the theatrics, I guess. You know, you know, Paul, whenever he got up, you just could tell by reading Paul's uh, uh, teachings and his preaching, Paul was not a, a guy that stood still. He's a guy that moved around, was very animated, you know, and people looked at him. And he's the guy that probably would agree a thousand percent with what, what, what the wisdom that Solomon gave in this scripture. He said, a soft answer turns away wrath. Say that with me. Say, a soft answer, a soft answer. turns away wrath. But listen to what he says. But harsh words stir up anger. And you know, I always tell people, be careful about the words that come out of your mouth. Say, why? Because your tongue is in a slippery place. And sometimes you slip up and you say things that you shouldn't say. Amen? We think things we shouldn't think. My friend, if you come to the rescue of a person, and I'll talk to you right now, with kind words and a soft answer, you will turn away the wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. Do you understand that? When we talk grievously, right words will always breathe life into everything around you. Do you understand that? Do you all believe that? Say right words will stir up good behavior. We need people to hear the right words that come out of our mouth. When they are going through a trial in their life or the life of a loved one or times of hardship in their life hardships in people's life 
It's not a time to go and rebuke them. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're not doing right. But it, those words do not need to come out of our mouth. The words that you want to find when someone is going through a hard time are in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 1, where it says, love, say, love is kind. Love is kind, and, and love does not think of itself, and love, the Bible said, is also patient. How many know people that are very impatient? They pray, God, give me patience, and give it to me right now. We need to use our words to soften the blow that people have been through life when they receive the word walking out of the office of the oncologist and, and he shows them the CAT scan and he shows them the MRIs and says, well, your body's got cancer and you're, and you're not in first stage, second stage, third stage, fourth stage, you're in fifth stage cancer and you are about to make a departure to another, to another place. And if the doctor is a, a Christian, he say, and we pray it's heaven. And if it's not, that doctor ought to pray and say, let's make sure it's heaven. And pray for you, amen. The purpose of words. How many would like to know the purpose of words? I believe the purpose of words to an angry or hurt person is to educate them and enlarge their capacity to believe that hurtful things do not bring any type of healing to anyone. I have personally practiced as a person when I go into the prisons to speak to hundreds of hurt, damaged people. It's time for our words as we speak to our family members during 2024 to not use hurtful words, but to build those damaged people and not kick them deeper into the hole that they are already trying to crawl out of. And I, and I thought of a, of a person that, that I have known, and many of you may not have known this person, but I, I, I knew this person. I admire this person for what they did. But I want to talk a little bit about we don't kick people in the ground that have already been kicked in the ground by the media and fake friends. In February 1988, the 21st of February, a very powerful preacher got on television with the big announcement that literally shocked the Christian nation. And he got up and he said that, I have sinned in front of his congregation in the state that he pastors in, where he works out of. Gil and I have been to that church several times to preach camp meetings for him. And in 1988, February 21st, Jimmy Swigert, 36 years ago, said, I have sinned against you, my God. Evangelist Jimmy Swigert had a moment of glory, or had moments of glory in his ministry, but he also had moments of humiliation. When the devil destabilized him, to stable life, the life of this anointed man of God, Jimmy Swigert, by trapping him with a young lady. His community suspended him. All his close friends called him a fake pastor. Over 500,000 people in that area of Baton Rouge and New Orleans, church members left him and abandoned him. Evangelist Jimmy Swigert was forsaken, forgotten, as all 
people, even media houses, began to target him, talking about the scandal and kept condemning him constantly and intentionally. Men of God even made this sad story of another great man of God who had fallen the object of their messages. Finally, the day came when they had to receive, at that time, 36 years ago, his so-called revival replacement, which at that time was evangelist Billy Graham. And they be all began to preach that it would, they thought it would be happy what had happened to him with Billy Graham. That he, had, he now had a chance, he now had a privilege and an ability to divert Jimmy Swigert's followers, to follow him and his ministry. Journalists asked him what he thought about the situation of the great man of God who had soiled his reputation and integrity. To the utmost surprise of the journalists and the media of the world and his listeners, Billy Graham responded, if it happened to Jimmy Swigert, it can happen to me. If it happened to Jimmy Swigert, it could happen to me. This holy man of God, Billy Graham said, this holy man of God who won thousands and millions for Christ, he is already wounded. Let us not finish him. Let us heal and lift our soldier up that has fallen. And I say to you, dear Christian brother, never rejoice when you see the devil destroy another man's ministry. Never be happy when you see the devil destabilize another man's marriage. Never be excited when the devil campaigns to dirty and soil another man's destiny. But we are to be our brother's keeper and come and bring words of healing instead of words of condemnation. Can somebody say amen? Because once again, I'm talking about these words. These words determine which dreams or which, which, which dreams live and which dreams die. The more life that you feed your God dreams, the more living they will become and the more of reality they will become let me say this to you. Don't allow the dreams God gave you to die with you. I declare to us in 2024 to wake up the dreamer in you. Wake up the dreamer in you. Talking about a man that is not distant to me. I'm talking about a man that I've been in his car. I've been with him to eat. I've been with him to meetings. I was his speaker several times. And I'm telling you, my friend, these are normal, natural people. You know, people, I'm talking about a man that was the face of Pentecostal evangelism all over the world. And I thought that when I went, when I first met him, and, and he uh, did, uh, and he endorsed my, my autobiography, that when I got in his car, and he came to pick me up at the hotel to take me to the camp meeting where I was his speaker, I said, man, you know, people, they usually send somebody to pick you up. And then the last day of the service, when I got ready to go, the last time that I had flown out there to be for that camp meeting, I don't know whether Gail came to that one, but she's come to several of them with us when we went. But i never forget, when I got ready to go back to Tulsa from Baton Rouge Airport, he said, I'll come by the hotel and pick you up. Take it to the, do you have a ride to the airport? Well, then usually, when you, when you have 5,000 people in your church and 
and you have millions of people on your mailing list, you let somebody else do that for you. But there was something personal about this man. When someone falls like that, when someone is hurting, and they have been disgraced, they have been destabilized, they don't need our condemnation. They need our love. They need words that bring healing. Our words determine whether these people go on. Well, because there were more people. And I'm going to forget, when Jimmy Swiger first went through this situation, this wonderful brother that was humiliated, went through humiliation, when he came to Tulsa, David Ingalls, another friend of mine here in this area, called me. He said, Brother Lewis, I know that you know Brother Swiger. I know that you've been with him. He said, I'm bringing him into Tulsa. Because Tulsa, right after what happened, Tulsa, Oklahoma, needs to forgive him and needs to pray for him. Would you come? I said, I'd be glad to come. I, I was just going to come along with the 2,500 2, people that came down to the uh, area where they had him. I forgot where it was in Tulsa. And when I got over there, I just went in just to hear him and Francis and and he was going to introduce him and have Tulsa just say we love Brother Jimmy Swigert. When I got that went in and there were thousands of people there and I went to find my seat in the audience and somebody came and said, Brother, you, you, they wait for you up there. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're sitting up at the head table. Brother Ingalls has got a seat for you next to Jimmy and Francis Swigert. Well, you know what? Denominations got mad at me. They began to call me. What are you doing? What are you doing being with that? Can I, can I please have more power on this microphone, please? What, what are you doing hanging around with that man that has, that has fallen? Because we are to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. And restore them. I said restore them. And I'm just so glad that I can talk to you as your pastor and let you know it's time to restore people not just with our words, but with our love and our compassion. Somebody say amen. I declare in 2024 that you wake up the dreamer in you. Somebody say amen. I declare that we see right words bring health, the Bible says, and right words bring healing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, the tongue of the wise, in Proverbs 12, says is healing and health. If we want a healthy home, if we want a healthy body and a healthy church, we must begin to promote health in people's life. Amen? Someone that has fallen, someone that's made a mistake. If you're listening right now, you're watching, run to the presence of God. Don't condemn that child. Don't condemn that man. I promise you, if you are a parent here, and you were the parent of a man that fell like this and was humiliated like this, you wouldn't be talking like his fake friends were. You'd be wanting to restore them because their behavior is out of character with the word. And you know that somehow they've been tricked up. I said they have been tricked up. Right words. When you use right word for someone that has been through catastrophic situations as people are going through today, right words that you use out of your mouth.
can get people out of many difficulties and trouble that they can land themselves in. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have landed yourself in a situation that it was all your own big stupid fault? Let me see both your hands. Of course you did. You were else stupid though. We were else stupid though. We did something stupid. But everybody say, God forgives stupid. And God can heal stupid. Say, God can heal stupid. The mouth of the upright shall deliver them. And it say may deliver them. It said shall deliver them. It's a safe place to run to. During these troublesome days that America's in, run to the place of safety. Right, right words can give you access. This is, this is important. Right words can give you access to the right people that you need in your life. Can I say this? I've said it numerous times. But a wrong person in your life can mess you up. You don't get it. Try this way. When the devil wants to destroy you, he'll send an ignorant person into your life. I mean, don't look at the person sitting next to you right now, but he will do exactly that. When he wants to destroy you, he'll put a wrong person in your life. Right words can give you access to the right people that you need in your life. I didn't say the smart people. I didn't say the money people. I didn't even say the talented people. I said the right people. You need right people in your life. That not, don't, don't think because they, they're, they, they've been living longer than you that they know more than you. You know, get, get your, say, say, I'm on the same level with you. Look at your neighbor and say, you know, we're different. But you're not better than me. Somebody say amen. But we're different. Matter of fact, I, the longer I look at some of you folks, I can tell that you're different. And I know the longer you see me, he's really different. Amen. But we need to understand that we need to be willing to accept each other for the good, for the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> How many of you got some good in you? How many got more good in you than ugly? Let me see. <laughs> I think every hand should have went up there. Right words give you access to the right people you need in your life today. I've been in the ministry for many years, but the right people he wants in my life have pushed me into the finish line. People that don't like you will try to get you out even of the race, let alone trying to make the finish line. Now let's talk about, say, the quality of my words. How many know that the quality of your words are important? The quality of your words reveals to people, watch this, the quality of your heart. Say the quality of my words reveals to people the quality of my heart. Within minutes of a conversation, you can discover the true motive and hear a man and a woman's heart when they speak to you. How many know that? As you listen to them, you will know whether you can help them or not. The Lord will give you wisdom to be able to read into their heart by listening with the ear of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because God made man in the image of himself. 
and God made mankind, women, and he made a man different than a woman. How I many you know that? I believe that these aisles of gender shopping in places like Target, they're going to they're tear all that stuff down. All that stuff is going down, amen? Because God made boys to like girls and not boys to like boys. In the beginning, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Somebody say amen. And America is all messed up today. God did not mandate the government of the United States in Washington, D.C. to teach your children, take care of your children, educate your children. Look in the word and it said that train up a child in the way he should go. Proverbs 22 and 5. And when he or she is old, they'll not depart from it. Somebody say amen. You can see, my friend, Lord will give you wisdom to be able to read into the hearts of people. I heard the most awful speech from what I thought was supposed to be an educated person of 81 years old. It was so disgusting that I couldn't take it. For about five or six minutes, I just said, I gotta turn this off. This is not right. This is not right what I'm hearing. Uh, one conversation, listen. Say one conversation. Say, oh, one sermon, or say one speech heard by a person that's wrong and mixed up can destroy your life. One conversation with one wrong person can destroy your life. This is important. Conversations with people are important for the survival of your future, the survival of your ministry, the survival of your life. Be careful who you open your heart to and open your ears to. When people feel, this is important, like they need to praise themselves, they're being unwise. It is a sign of something along their path that they have lost confidence or have been betrayed by someone. Stop right there for this moment. When people have to talk about what they did, what they did, and if they didn't do it, you wouldn't be here. And that they're better than the other guy. That's why I can't stand, really. I know that we have to have the government because the Bible speaks about that in the book of Romans. But when, when we get up there and we say we're better than this one, that, that woman uh, is better than that one. She's the, a female running for president. That guy's running for president. He's a good governor in a different state. And, and then that one was the ex-president, and he's good. And then the new guy that, that you know, spends most of his time on the beach and, and, and is getting all kinds of tans. And, and I, I mean, folks, God knows who's going to be the next leader in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to tell you something. Whoever it is, they better not try to replace King Jesus. I said they better not try to replace King Jesus. They better understand that what God sets up or what God allows to be set up, if God gets irritated enough, he can bring it down. I said he can bring it down. And so when someone is constantly bickering about what the other guy is doing, the spirit of jealousy 
a spirit of animosity. Actually, I think the bottom line is there's so much people are not actually pulling for money as much as they're pulling for power. Because power is more powerful than actually money. Let me, let me put it like this to you. The most powerful source in the world is power that is ignited by money. It's powerful. People are very proud to say, I watched the movie uh, years ago about a uh, Marine that his buddy was killed and the government betrayed him. And there was a U.S. Senator involved in it. And when, they, when the truth came out and he was exposed, you know what the man said? He was talking about his power, his position, his post, his title. He said, you can't do that. Do you understand? I'm a U.S. Senator. And that guy just took a 45 and went poof. And he was no longer a U.S. Senator. The most powerful force in the world is that people have the power, is money. But the most powerful force in the kingdom, never forget, is the anointing of God. The anointing of God on your worship, on your voice, the anointing of God on your life, the anointing of God on the preacher, the anointing of God on the teacher, the anointing of God on the children's pastor, the anointing of God on the music pastor, the anointing of God on the women's leader, the anointing of God. Say, I am anointed! When you are anointed, my friend, it breaks every yoke. Say, every yoke is broken. And devil fears. Devil fears when you wake up. And you have battles that you go. You know how you fight your battles? You faith your fears. Not face your fears. You faith your fears. You add faith to your fears. And deliver yourself. It's a sign that something is wrong. And we have more confidence in the government than we do in Jesus. And I'll tell you what, what I've learned for years. Don't let another man praise you. And do not let, and, and do not let thine own mouth or a stranger praise you. Matter of fact, the Bible said, don't let your own lips praise you. When you see this pattern in people's, there's a lot of self-worth taking place in their hearts or some sort of hurt and pain that they've not gotten over. Friends, words are important in the world when we live without the proper words spoken. You know what's the strongest words that were ever spoken in this world? Anybody would like to know? Not one hand or not. Let me try it again. Anybody would like to know what's the most important, more important word spoken in the word for us? That was just still about 45%. Let me try it again. Maybe I'll get some people in the audience to join me, these folks here. How many believe that what, a, what, a, what is the most important word spoken? Let me see your hands. Both, that's good. Now, now you're. And he said, where are they words? I want to know that. Put them up. He said, Genesis 3 and 3. If I say 3 and 3. Genesis 3 and 3. No. It's not 
the wall. That's my fault. Somebody find him, let what he said, let there be light. Maybe it's three and thirteen. Three and one. Put three and one. Is that what you One and three. Genesis one and three. Okay. Genesis uno y tres. Everybody say uno y tres. Say it right. Say tres. You got to roll them arms, Miss Kathy. Then God said. Who said? Then God said. Those are the three most important words. Let there be light. Let there, say, let there be light. And there was light. Come on, somebody say amen. God didn't just get up one day and say, dawn, dawn, there goes the light. He said, let there be light. He instructed light. To light in the dark places. One of the first chapters that I memorized was John's Gospel, chapter number one. Because it, it spoke about the light, it spoke about the anointing of the glory. He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He said, In Him was life, and life was the what? The light of men. And He said, And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then he said, there was a man sent from God whose name was Tommy. Yeah, yeah. There was a man sent from God whose name was Tommy, John, Lewis, Kevin, and even both alones here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came not to be the light, but he, the Bible said, came to bear witness of the light. He came to bear witness of the light. The light that shineth to every man that cometh into the world. The light that shineth. What, what light are you representing? A light to shine on you. Look at me. Look at me. Look what I've done. Forget about what you've done. You've you, 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 you done what you've done because God in you is the hope of glory. Without God, you're, you, you're just as dumb as a box of rocks. But God gave you the intelligence. Somebody say man. But God in you is the hope of glory. He's the hope of the anointing. I don't understand why hundreds of kids line up after I get speaking at a school and want you to sign my book. What, what, what's my name on that book? I ain't nobody famous. But you know, people are impressed with people that are survivors. They're not impressed with people that are losers. They're impressed with people that were losers and now have become survivors. I won't be like that, man. I'm going through some... How, how many have ever done something wrong in your life? Let me see what you're in. How many have done that, something wrong in your life at least twice in your life? Let me see. How many have done it more than two times? Let me, all right. So, 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 you, so you qualify for what I'm talking about. And that's why you need the light. I need the light. I need to be... I need people around me to speak words of affirmation in my life. Let there be light. How did the light come? He spoke it. He spoke it. You want to speak things in your life that are positive? 
then we have to start working on our vocabulary. Amen? He said, I have to start working on my vocabulary. Let's say this prayer together. Say, let the words of my mouth let's put volume to it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Can I ask you to add another prayer to it? Would you would you be not be afraid to say it louder than what you said? And say, and Lord, please destroy my ignorance. God, he said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. In other words, God is saying, stay away from that arena of being ignorant. God wants us to know. I had to learn from March this year to the end of uh, almost of December how to regain my strength and how to pace myself of what I could do and could not do. I didn't even have time to, I, I didn't even have the energy to explain to people why I felt so weak. The mayor that came to church one day when I was in that condition, he, he didn't say nothing to me, but he told, he told my wife just to, a couple of weeks ago, he kept back and said, my God, he said, I'm so glad to see Brother Tony looking back normal again. He said, I was, I was a little concerned about he just coming. Because I was weak, I was weak, I was weak. But then you know what the word says? Let the weak say I am. <laughs> see, for every idiosyncrasy, every weakness, every thing that we go through, there's a word to affirm what we can be. Amen? Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the blind say I can see. Let the cripple say I can walk. Come on. Say, let the dumb say I can hear. Amen. Let first assembly say. Come on, say, let first assembly say. I love Brother Torres. That's a good confession, amen. Everybody say, let first assembly say. I love first assembly of God. Amen. There's somebody put out a page and, on Facebook years ago. I love First Assembly. Well, I grew up at First Assembly of God. But you know First Assembly of God is a good church, but you know what? It's not First Assembly of God that saved you. You love the place where the memory was. But you can lose that memory as quick as you die. If you don't stay on your knees. Amen. If you don't stay focused on the one that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly of all we can ask to do. How many of you love Jesus? How many got something out of this this morning? Raise your hands right now. Father, I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit for letting us have the right words, the right frame of mind. I lift up Paul. 